Hello and welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason, where we discuss issues impacting food, fuel, fiber, farming. That is the industry of agriculture, the business we work in, that we were mostly raised in, that we love. It's the business of agriculture. Thank you very much. First, an apology. I, <laughs> I always got one of these podcasts cranked out per week, sometimes even a little bit more than that. And I am so sorry for you, my dear listeners, my fans and friends. <sighs> okay, I drove across country. As many of you know, I have an Arizona house. And the thing is, that takes a lot out of you. Plus, I was at a three-day conference right before I got in the truck. Then you get back to the farm, and as all of you know, all hell breaks loose in the spring. You know, you've got your cattle you got to get, and you've got to fix this, and then the water line, and then the pump, and then the this, and then the weeds, and then the mowing, and then the crops, and then the farm, and then... Anyway, not a good excuse ever. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. There was supposed to be another one of these cranked out last week. I just got a little bit overwhelmed. But you, of all people in agriculture, know that spring gets a little hairy. I'm sorry. Today, i got a great topic for you. We're going to talk about the lawsuits in North Carolina against hog production and why this matters to you, no matter what your role is in agriculture. You're saying, I don't raise pigs. What do I care? You care. Because a lawsuit against anyone in agriculture, one could argue, is a lawsuit against all of us in agriculture because we all are interrelated. Remember the soybean farmer? in Nebraska cares about hog production in North Carolina because about last I read 70 or 80 percent of our soybeans end up going through livestock. You care because the fundamentals of this case are not about the facts contrary to what we have heard. We read or maybe you didn't but I will give you the book report that this was all about it was all about the facts. Trust you, me, nothing be further from the truth. It's not about the facts. It is about feelings, as most human engagements are. As I tell you all the time, stop selling the facts, agriculture, because our consumers don't get it. This case was mostly about feelings. And we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about what it means for consumers, what it means for agriculture, why I think it's really, really bad. I'm not going to go down the road that my critics want me to, where I'm all about, oh, piss on you, you non-ag people. Don't move to the country if you don't want to smell pig shit. I'm not going to say that. Well, I might say that. But I will admit, there are some liability issues to large agricultural, animal agricultural operations. We know that there is smell being produced, and that's what the case in North Carolina is all about. So, again, sorry it's been a while since I was with you. This case matters. I want to get right to it. Thank you very much. Talking about the pork industry, give you a little lay of the land. I have read a ton about this. Wall Street Journal article I posted all over social media when it came out, and then I've read about nine articles since then. I've also got tons of information from different pork outlets. So I'll give you the lay of the land on what happens in North Carolina. I'm going to also tell you right now, I wanted to have a guest on this podcast. I tried to have a guest on this podcast. I reached out to all of my pork connections. Okay, not all of them. Not like the guy down the road that shows pigs at the county fair. But I reached out to many of my ag connections. Remember, I've done speaking engagements for the National Pork Producers Council, National Pork Board multiple times, different hog 
uh, trade associations within the states, and I couldn't get anybody to come on this podcast. And the reason why? There's litigation. There's big-time litigation going on. Lawsuits still being, uh, I'm sorry, still filed that are about to come up. And nobody wanted to comment on this that was in the industry. Also, checkoff dollars. If you have checkoff dollars at work, meaning you're paid by the checkoff program, and I think last I read there are like 21 or something like that, different checkoffs. Beef pays a checkoff. Milk pays a checkoff. Pork pays a checkoff. I don't know. Cranberries might pay a checkoff. The point is, if your money comes from that, you cannot engage in what is viewed as lobbying. You can do promotion, you can do education, you can do trade ambassador stuff, but you cannot do lobbying. And coming on my podcast discussing the legalities of the industry, or worse yet, a lawsuit against the industry, was frowned upon, if not completely illegal, by the checkoff program rules. So that's why I don't have a guest. Trust me, I tried. I, I reached out to about uh, nine people and asked them to be on my show. Nobody could do it. So I apologize. I'm going to give you the lay of the land. April 26, a federal jury in North Carolina, the number two hog producing state in the union. Number one is Iowa with about 22 million pigs at any given moment. Number two, North Carolina with about 10 million pigs. This is what I read. If you're from Minnesota and that incenses you, look up your numbers and correct me, but that's what numbers I have read. We know that North Carolina is a big production, uh, a big hog production state. We know that also many of the contract farms the contract farms, like friends that I have here in Indiana that have contract barns, they are raising pigs. They raise pigs for these big companies. Many of the piglets come from North Carolina where they have sows uh, making pigs. So North Carolina, about 10 million pigs, 9 to 10 million pigs, predominantly in the eastern part of the state. 26 lawsuits. Did you hear what I said? 26 lawsuits were filed. In 2014, four years ago, 26 lawsuits. This one was the first to be heard, to go to court. This one was the first one. There are 25 more of these lawsuits, and that's just in the state of North Carolina. There are some lawsuits on the scheduled uh, in Iowa, Illinois, I'm sure in your state. Anywhere they grow pigs, and I'm guessing there are going to be more of them because of what happened with this one. April 26, two weeks ago, the uh, verdict came out and the jury awarded $50 million. I will give you that again. The jury came back with a verdict and awarded $50 million in punitive damages and another $750,000 in compensatory damages. If you're listening right now, you're saying, all right, Damien, I'm not a lawyer. Well, you know what? I'm not either. But I did look this up, and I'm going to make sure that you understand it. If you don't, if you do already, uh, bear with me. Punitive damages mean the jury is punishing you. The court is punishing you. That part of the reason this is happening is you are being punished for bad behavior. It does not mean necessarily illegal. Because what these hog farms were doing was what hog farmers do. Raising pigs in a large confinement operation and spreading the manure. So it was $50 million awarded by uh, for punitive damages, $750,000 in compensatory damages for odor and for noise. Did you get that? $750,000 in compensatory. Now, compens compensatory means compensation 
for damage done. So if somebody drove through your cornfield and tore up what uh, would have produced, you know, $800 worth of corn, you would be owed damages for that corn to $800. So this was 10 actual neighbors, just so you understand. The plaintiffs, which of course were represented by plaintiff's attorneys from two states, do not think, do not pretend, do not ever <laughs> delude yourself, do not delude yourself into thinking that these people all just said, hey gosh darn it, I don't like that way that smells. I don't like the fact that there's a lot of noise coming out of that pig farm. I'm going to go hire an attorney down here in Raleigh. Nah, this is one of my big concerns. This is what happens in agriculture. It becomes a cause. It's my assertion that plaintiff's attorneys that already bend against this and, of course, possess the ambulance chaser gene, as many attorneys do, and said, we can make a lot of money off of this. So it, it's on the verge of a class action, meaning they grabbed 10 neighbors, got joint representation from a law firm out of Texas, and I believe the other law firm was indeed out of North Carolina. 10 neighbors were awarded the $50 million in punitive damages, which would be, do the math, $5 million per plaintiff, and $750,000, do the math, $75,000 per plaintiff. And the compensatory damage, they were being compensated for odor and noise. Now, that was two weeks ago, April 26th, the federal jury awarded that. North Carolina has laws in place that have been there since the 1990s about sizes of limits. Remember, we did some tort reform. If you've heard that word, tort reform. So a lot of states went through and did that. Now, the anti-ag crowd says this is all just big ag at work because... Because, dear listener, the limited amount of money that can actually be awarded was just announced on May 7th. And I read to you a bulletin that the North Carolina Pork Council put out. This is, uh, this is actually out of Politico, but they did share it. Uh, it came down to what they're actually allowed. $250,000 in punitive damages and retained the $75,000 in compensatory damages. So they admitted there was still $75,000 of damages, compensation for what you actually had suffered, and then $250,000 uh, to teach the defendant a lesson. The defendant in this case, by the way, is Murphy Brown. The lawsuits were not against the farmer, the farm man and wife, or whoever it was that or that uh, that operated the pig farm. It was against Murphy Brown. So if you are an ag person, but you're still not how this all, don't know how this all works, and if you are, again, bear with me. Murphy Brown is a large hog raiser. They are a subsidiary of Smithfield Food. So Smithfield Foods was the American-based pig processing company, pork processing company, that about five or six years ago was bought out by, what is it, WH or WC company? That's the Chinese pork uh, monolith. So WH or WC, whatever it was, bought Smithfield five years ago. Smithfield is now Chinese-owned. Murphy Brown, the production side of Smithfield, is a subsidiary. Murphy Brown, to raise the amount of hogs that they need to feed their system, contract with different growers. So maybe you knew this, maybe you didn't. And I just know that we have a lot of listeners from a lot of different uh, parts of the world. Maybe you're a cotton producer in Texas, and this is all kind of new to you. So what, what we got here in places like Indiana, where I'm from, since we have corn, and since we have water, and we have tremendous amount of resources, we have then 
farmers that say, I want a part-time job. I'm going to go over here and build a couple of hog barns on this five acres in the corner of my farm. And my son is going to take care of them. And we get paid so much per day, per pig to raise them. We don't even own the pigs. Murphy Brown owns the pigs. That's the system. Okay. So the lawsuits were against Murphy Brown. The federal uh, jury awarded the 50 million plus the 750. It, it was it, it caught a lot of attention. Got guys like me that are spokesmen for ag saying, "What the hell's going on here?" And then I read into it and found out that it was going to end up getting reduced only because there's a statute in the state of North Carolina that damages can't be that great. And actually, the punitive side, the punishing aspect of the lawsuit, the award couldn't be more than 250 thousand dollars. So now it's bought, brought down to that. So now it's going to be 250 punitive, 75 compensatory. So each neighbor gets $325,000. My concern here is that $50 million was a ridiculous number. But you know what else is a ridiculous number? $3.25 million is a ridiculous number. You see, we have 25 more of these lawsuits already filed, pending, waiting to go to trial. So if you've got the first of 26 just in North Carolina, just, ladies and gentlemen, in North Carolina, there are 26, 25 more to go at $3.25 million. Do I need to do the math for you? It comes up to about $80 million. How many pigs does it take? How many hogs need to go to slaughter to justify an $80 million payout? Now, maybe they're insured. There's an insurance company. But if your insurance company has to shell out $80 million, aren't they going to really think twice about whether they insure you again? Of course they are. All right. That's just North Carolina also. Iowa, the number one producer. You got states like Minnesota, Illinois, Indiana, where I'm from, Ohio, Nebraska, Missouri, big hog producing states. And what about chickens? What about beef yards? What about dairy operations. What about anything that's involved in the processing? You know, it stinks to live next to a chicken processor. It stinks to live next to a rendering operation. Which brings me to my next point about this. What really went on trial? Because we can talk about what ag is facing. And I think you would have questioned that also, wouldn't you? You would say, Damien, what are we really talking about here? Well, allegedly it was manure and noise. Allegedly it was smell and noise. Now, I will say this, and as you dig into it and read the finer notes and the articles. In North Carolina, they still take the manure and spray it out using irrigation equipment. Maybe where you're from, if they have large animal uh, agriculture, they knife it in. They have to plow it into the ground, so to speak. But... Is that really the issue? Because nothing that was done there was illegal, and it wasn't about water quality. You know, that's the big deal in manure. Take my home state here. Anytime there's a bit of too much high phosphates or high uh, bacteria counts in a ditch, all of a sudden they run upstream and find a livestock facility. But this wasn't about water. This wasn't about what was illegal. This was about the neighbors and the smell and the noise. And again... The article will say this is about the facts of the case, and I would counter that it was not about the facts of the case. The jury was not allowed to go on a trip to smell. They did not go out to these plaintiffs' backyard and say, oh, it's really, really noisy and it stinks like shit. <laughs> they didn't do that. So I'd say it was more about feelings. Remember, the lawyers, if you read some of the notes of this, the plaintiffs' attorneys, 
really put agriculture on trial. And that's what has me concerned. While I'll admit that ag does have some fixes, ag does have some uh, resolutions, ag does have some, some, I guess, responsibility, I don't think that we do well for society by putting ag on the witness, on the, uh, on the witness stand and then say, okay, you stink. I'll also point out that this is going to ultimately yield higher prices. If Smithfield Foods, the biggest processor and producer of hogs in the world, has to shell out $80 million, and that's just in North Carolina, let's say, well, what happens if it's everywhere in the United States? Two things are going to happen. They're going to try and pass the cost on, and eventually they're going to say, screw it, we just won't raise pigs here. So all the made in America, this will be just like why we didn't make uh, steel here. So we just like why we don't do a lot of things here. We still want the product. We just don't want it here. We still want there to be manhole covers, but we don't want a foundry next to us. We still want there to be light bulbs, but we don't, we heard they put like, they put like nasty chemicals on light bulbs. So let's get that away from here. So the point is, do the hog farms leave? In which case, what, what do you do then about your food independence? What do you do about your agricultural enterprise if you made money raising pigs? So I've given you the facts of the case. Feel free, if you listen to this, to, to share it around. But that's where we are on the thing. And again, it's the first of 26 cases. My concern, my concern is that there will be more in all the other states because the ambulance chasers... Uh, the lawyers are going to say, wow, there's money to be made here. Boom. Let's go file suits in every other state. All you got to do is bang on doors, grab some neighbors. Hey, you in the house trailer that lives on half an acre, you know there's a hog farm two miles away from here? Don't you uh, hate the way it smells? Well, no, not really. Well, what if I told you I can get you $325,000? Sign me up. That's my concern. How many neighbors does every animal agricultural facility have? And then is it going to just be multiply that by $325,000? The do-gooders that hate big ag, remember, if you want to demonize an industry, always put the words big in front of it. Big oil, big tobacco, big money, big auto, big Wall Street firm, big agriculture. So if you outlaw all of big agriculture, for God's sakes, who's going to be left? Because I'll tell you, I can't afford to pay $325,000 to all my neighbors over my little dozen steer operation. Who can? Well, probably Tyson, Cargill, Smithfield Foods, JBM or JBL, whichever it is out of Brazil. So that's my concern there. Let's talk about what really went on trial. There was nothing that these farms did that was illegal. So that's not the issue. What do these, what do we really put on trial? Do we put animal agriculture in general on trial? And if that's the case, watch PETA and the Humane Society of the United States come full, I mean, claws out after everybody in ag, because they watched this, they saw what happened, and they would love nothing more than to bankrupt all the farms that raise hogs or chickens or beef or dairy. And they would love nothing more than to price out. If it ends up being a 25% increase on protein. So be it. They'd rather you eat tofu or be skinny and not have protein in your diet at all. Finally, the damn vegetarians have a fighting chance when you smart off to them. They might be able to actually take you in a fight. We're kidding. We all know that. If you've ever had your ass kicked by a vegetarian, please, for God's sakes, don't admit it. Okay, let's talk more about what really went on trial. 
Was it the property value and the property rights? If so, they gave $75,000 to each of these people. That means that if you, if you, if that was a cap, and I don't know that it was, that means their properties were not worth very much, presumably. Okay, I would understand that one. Now, this is where the ag people might get mad at me. I hear people in ag say, hey, if you don't like it, don't move to the country. Let's just say I happen to be in the country. I've owned my farm right here for 12 years. This beautiful, lovely old farmhouse that my wife and I fixed up that was built in the 1800s. And let's just say, hypothetically, across the road from me is a veal operation. They have three veal barns. I smell it. I don't complain about it. I smell it. I understand agriculture. Veal stinks. Stinks like scours on a hot, humid day. Scours mixed with a little bit of sour milk. But let's say that that veal operation got to be 10 times its size. Let's say that that veal operation went from three veal barns, which were there when I bought my farm, let's say it 10 times itself. And all of a sudden, it stinks like scours and sour milk so badly that when I open my windows, my eyes burn. It stinks like scours and sour milk so badly every day that I can't even go out and mow my yard or sit on my pier and drink a beer and smoke a cigar, which are two things, as you well know, that I love to do. Do I have a case? You can say they were there first, but they've also made it so that my property is unusable by me here on my beautiful farmhouse, and I'm a pro-ag guy. So there is some level of liability, we must admit, that if we, through the production of odor, make a farm so un, shall we say, able to be lived nearby, and then does it mean that we're going to end up having buffer strips, just like we do to control erosion? We're going to have more buffer zones between animal ag and residentials. Because, let's face it, your life can be impacted negatively. Your property value is the other issue. My lovely show place of a farm here with old 1800s era home and, and barns and pasture and pond would be worth a tremendous amount less money if all of a sudden there were, uh, if there were 30 veal barns across the road rather than three. So these are real issues that we as an industry must face. But I'm going to wonder about, I'm going to wonder about what ag, what we really faced here, because what went on trial? Was it environmental degradation? They never brought up environmental stuff. Was it water? No, it wasn't water. What was it that really went on trial? And I think it was mostly about feelings. You saw a money grab able to happen, and we could sway the jury with feelings, making them feel sorry for the neighbors, who also, the jury, again, never actually went out to those neighborhoods and saw how good or bad it was. So it is a money grab. I'm going to wrap up here by talking about what I think ag can do. First off, we can't raise pigs without making pig poop. <laughs> we can't make chicken. You can't have fried chicken and chicken breasts on your salad without chickens. And you can't have chickens without chicken litter. And chicken litter stinks. You can't have a steak or a hamburger on the grill unless we raise beef animals. And beef animals make poop. And poop kind of stinks. So we can't have one without the other. That needs to be a communication to our customers. You know, there's a great level of persuasive power in admitting, yeah, we do some things that are objectionable. And we don't really do this in ag. We should probably, as an industry, come out and say, hey, we know that manure is not your favorite perfume, but you love cheeseburgers. And for you to have cheeseburgers, you're going to smell some manure once in a while. 
We're sorry. We're doing the best we can to make it as unoffensive as possible. And isn't it worth it? And then there's the picture of the cheeseburger and the steak and the chicken leg. And everybody says, oh, God, yes. We should probably not be pumping manure onto the top of the ground quite to the level we are in North Carolina. We should probably also admit there's going to be some built-in costs. We're probably going to have to do even more. Uh, and instead of worrying about how cheap we can make the food, say, listen, we're going to have to comply and so in compliance, we're going to have to probably put in a little bit of buffer zones. I don't know how to do that precisely. I'd say that maybe the manure lagoons, as efficient as they are, might end up having to get a change in how we do this. I'm not sure I got that one figured out, but I can tell you it's going to be more costly. And that's going to be a concern for our lower end consumers. I can tell you that we've got to continue on the feelings part, as I already pointed out. But that brings in the consumer. One thing that agriculture can do is, again, go to the consumer. Rather than fighting ourselves, we need to make the consumer aware that we're under attack. Hey, listen, we're out here, we're growing pigs. Now, was it size that was the issue? Because I can point out that 700 pigs can stink just as badly as 7,000 pigs. This particular farm that uh, was in the subject was a 15,000 hog operation. But 1,500 hogs stink just as badly as 15,000 if you live next door to them. So really what went on trial? I've given you ideas on what ag can do. I think we need to get the consumer on board and again tell them, you want bacon, there will be pig poop. You want chicken legs, there will be chicken litter. You want to eat cheese with your wine, we have to make milk to do that, there will be cow poop. That's probably our best approach. Also, we need to admit that it's going to be it's going to be a more costly environment and I think that we can't possibly keep up. We can't possibly keep up. One good thing the pork checkoff did do, they sent me some information, even though they wouldn't come on my show, and they told me in this publication that U.S. pig farmers have reduced our land use by 78%, reduced water use by 41%, and had a carbon footprint that was 35% smaller. You know, that's really powerful when you say, hey, I don't know what more you want from us. We're producing the wonderful pork and chicken and beef and milk that you want. And we're doing it with less resources than we ever have. But we can't eliminate all odor. i got to be honest with you, I'm not sure where this goes. A lot of times I, I read and I bring you the topics and the business of agriculture. Obviously, I want you to join my podcast and say, Damien, I think you had a really good point there. I've got some good points, but I don't know for sure where this one goes other than to tell you. The eater of food, the eater of meat, the non-ag person that enjoys our product, be on our side. I don't know that this particular farm in North Carolina set out to try and cause grief for everybody in their county. And certainly, if there are 26 of these lawsuits, I don't know that we just said, oh, all 26 of these hog farmers are evil. Be on our side and say, all right, what can we do? Where can we meet in the middle? I still want my pork chops. I just, uh, I don't want to pay $17 a pound for my pork chops, but I also understand that we need to maybe adjust on some manure handling practices. You in the business of agriculture, you are my friends. You are my supporters. You are my fans. You are the people that hire me to come and do speaking engagements, of which I'm very appreciative. I'm a farm guy too. I can tell you that I grew up on a dairy farm that built 65 cows. It stunk like shit also. So I don't know that it's a matter of size and scale. The lawsuit allegedly was about noise and odor. 
our farm was noisy and odiferous as well. So I don't believe it's a matter of size. And if that's what's on trial, I don't know that we're ever going to go backwards and have small animal agriculture because of efficiencies of economies of scale. I'm Damian Mason. This is a big topic. I want you to stay tuned to it. That's why I was so uh, adamant that it needed to be a Facebook Live, a podcast. I'm probably going to write an article about it as well. I wish I could have had a guest on here to give some different perspective. But if you have a pork person, please have them contact me. I think this is one we got to stay tuned to because, again, what really went on trial? If it's animal agriculture, that means it's going to get more and more pushed from the radical minority of animal rights activists. Is it just a money grab, which means every plaintiff's attorney in every jurisdiction in the United States, particularly where we make meat, is going to now be chasing the ambulance known as Smithfield Foods, Murphy Brown, Cargill, Tyson, Farmer Down the Road. Guy who milks cows. Lady that raises chickens. It means that we're all going to be in a a struggle here. And again, if they're saying $325,000 per neighbor that is offended by our smell is the precedent, think of how many neighbors animal agriculture has. It's a hot topic. Please stay tuned to it. Most importantly, I'm a big fan of agriculture. I'm worried about this. I know you are too. Thanks for joining me. I'm Damian Mason. I talk about the business of agriculture. Sorry I missed a week. Thank you. Till next time.